the laws of leveret marriage, chapter 4. Now we're going to be discussing practically how chalitza is done. First halacha, the yavama, that is the wife, must go to the home of the yavam, that is, her now deceased husband's brother. And there she approaches the judges, the judges call out to the yavam, and they provide advice to the yavam about whether to do yibum or chalitza. Second halacha, then they determine where the chalitza will be held, and wherever that is, it should be done in the presence of the judges. If, however, they simply did the chalitza there, in the presence of judges, it would be kosher. The third and fourth halachas discuss the fact that part of the ritual is the recitation of a text, which could be misunderstood if mispronounced. And so the yavam and the yavama both should be trained on how to say it properly. For example, the yavam will be asked to say, loy avayabmi, which means my yavam did not desire. But if read with the wrong emphasis, it could mean no, my yavam desired. Fifth halacha. Chalitza must be performed during the day, and it must be performed before three people who can read. And all three of the people must be native-born Jews who are the children of native-born Jews. It is a mitzvah for the matter to be publicized, which means that five people should watch, but the other two do not have to be literate. Sixth halacha. For the ritual, they bring a leather shoe that has a heel and does not have any linen threads, which the yavam then puts on his right foot, and he ties it with the straps around his foot. Then the yavam and the yavama both stand before the court. They cite the phrase from Devarim, chapter 25, verse 7, My Yavam refuses. Then the following verse, which the Yavam repeats, He presses his foot on the ground. She sits on the ground, extends her hand, loosens the strap of his shoe, and removes the shoe. Then she throws the shoe to the ground. And once the shoe is mostly removed, she is free to marry another man. Seventh halacha. Then she stands and spits on the ground before his face, so that the judges can see it. Then they read the Pasuk from Devarim, chapter 25, verses 9 and 10, and she repeats it. And the Pasuk describes the ritual. Eighth halacha. Everything must be recited in Lashon HaKadosh, in Hebrew. After this is done, everyone responds, Chalutz three times. And that is, the shoe was removed. The removal of the shoe must be done with the intent to perform the procedure. And since the Pasuk says, she shall spit before his face, we understand that a blind man should not perform Chalitza. The ninth halacha goes over the Nusach, that is exactly what is said, and it is, as we said before, the verses from Devarim, chapter 25, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Tenth halacha. It is not necessary to recite the psukim in order, and indeed the only truly important thing is that she removed the shoe and spit, and even that doesn't have to be done in order. Eleventh halacha. In fact, if she does it out of order, she should not spit again, because that could cause confusion. Twelfth halacha. Even if she did not spit altogether, as long as she removed his shoe, she has done the procedure. Thirteenth halacha. But they must be able to speak. If they are mute, they're not able to do the procedure. And chalitza performed by a deaf mute is altogether not acceptable. Fourteenth halacha. If they do the procedure without removing the shoe, the procedure is puzzle, it's unacceptable. Fifteenth halacha. If she does the whole procedure while sitting, or lying down, or if the straps of the shoe are tied below his knee, which is too high, all these things do not prevent the procedure from being effective. If the three judges are actually amea arts, as they don't know how to read, it's still acceptable. And even if the yavam is blind, it is still acceptable. Sixteenth halacha. The following things would make the chalitza unacceptable. If it's done at night, if it's done before two judges or three judges, but one of them is a relative, if the shoe is tied above the knees, if he untied the shoe and removed it, if one of them did not have proper intent, or if the girl was below the age of majority and the man, the yavam, was an adult. Seventeenth halacha. Since the chalitza must be performed with the right leg, if the man has no right leg, it is not possible to do it simply with the left leg. He also must be able to press his heel to the ground. Otherwise, the chalitza would be unacceptable. Eighteenth halacha. By contrast, a yavama who does not have hands may still perform the ritual because nothing in the Pasuk says that she has to use her hands. But the shoe must be made of leather, and it cannot have linen threads, it has to have a heel. It also must be the proper size. It may not be too big or too small for him to walk in it. 19 Talacha. It would also be acceptable if the shoe was a sandal that was made of wood but was covered in leather, or if it was a left shoe provided it was on the right foot, if it doesn't actually belong to the Yavam, if it's too big for him but he can still walk in it, if it's too small for him but it still 
covers the majority of his foot. 20th halacha. One should not use a shoe that has been used in Avedazara. However, if such a shoe was used, the chalitza is nonetheless acceptable. But if the sandal was made from leather that came from an animal that was offered to a false god, then it would not be acceptable. Similarly, if the leather came from an iranidachas. 21st halacha. She also must take the shoe off him. She can't tear it off or burn it. And this is true even if he is wearing two shoes instead of one. 22nd halacha. She also must actually spit. If she ate food that caused her to have a lot of spittle in her mouth and it simply dripped from her mouth, that would not be acceptable. 23rd halacha. She must spit spittle, not blood. But if she sucks a wound first and then spits, that's fine because there will also be spittle. She must spit in front of him, and this spittle must pass in front of him, not be blown away by the wind. But it is acceptable even if the judges do not see it, though they should see it. 24th halacha. A chalitza that is performed under a mistaken impression is unacceptable. For example, if they told her this is how you marry the man, and so she did chalitza. Or if they told her do this, it's a mitzvah, and you won't lose out anything, and they don't explain that she will lose the right and the ability to do yibum, this is unacceptable as well. But if they tell her we will pay you money if you do chalitza, and then they don't pay, this does not affect the acceptability of the chalitza. 25th halacha. If the man issues a protest, the chalitza is unacceptable. And so if he does offer a protest, the judges should tell him to withdraw it. And the same rules are applicable here as would be in the case of a get. Example, there are circumstances in which they could beat him until he performs chalitza and it would be acceptable. The 26th halacha differentiates between when the chalitza is of no consequence at all, that is, where she can still do yibum, and where the chalitza simply is ineffective, but would nonetheless render her unacceptable for yibum. And the 27th halacha says that in the case that she did one of these unacceptable chalitzas and then married another man, she would not be required to leave him, however she should perform a chalitza. The 28th halacha states that if she grew up with the brothers of her husband, we do not suspect that at some point she did chalitza with them. However, if we do see her taking off one of their shoes, we are worried that perhaps she intended to perform chalitza and she would not be permitted to do yubum, but she would be required to do another chalitza. The rest of the parak goes over the text of the legal document that must be written up, attesting to the fact that the chalitza was performed.